Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah. Take a minute, turn the radio up. Yeah. And take a seat in the pastor's office. Right. Find the frequency, yeah. tune in. Get a word with Reverend Jonathan Mason. Oh, yes, you should. Take a minute, turn the radio up. And take a seat. Hey, Philly's favorite listeners, it's Pastor Jonathan Mason, and I want to welcome you back into the pastor's office this beautiful Sunday afternoon, the first Sunday in May. Can you believe it? We are already into 2022, five months. How does the time move so fast? Can it slow down, please? Look, I'm going to be real with you. Here's why I wanted to slow down. And, and let me be clear. I thank God for every day. I, I really do. I'm glad to be a part of his creation. I like smelling the fresh air. I, I'm on it. I'm in. But in October, I turned 50, 50 years old. So I'm trying to stay up all night long. I, I don't want to go to sleep. I, I, I want to be working. I, I, I'm trying to delay 50 as long as I can. All right, because something about 50, I, I don't know. I start getting the AARP card. Uh, all right, all right, y'all, y'all work with me. Y'all work with me. No therapy today. Listen, listen, two things I want to share with you. One, I got a chance to see my niece uh, star in her elementary school play on Friday, uh, Beauty and the Beast. She did an awesome job. She can sing. She can dance. She's super talented. Uh, and and that was just, it's just awesome to watch them go from the crib to now they're acting and and people are standing and applauding. They put a little crown on her head. Uh, it was awesome. And now wait, wait, watch this. Next Friday and Saturday, my son, my 11-year-old, Jackson, he will be starring in his school's production of Grease. That's right. Grease. No, you heard me correctly. Grease. He's got his leather jacket. He's got his white T-shirt. He's got his blue jeans. He's got his sneakers. And and if I hear one of those summer days uh, drifting away, ooh, ah, or the summertime, if I hear it one more time, I think I'm I think I'm going to lose my mind up in here. But we've got the acting bug in our family. I don't know where it came from because I never acted in a play. But we got the acting bug all over our family. And so maybe I can get a little bit of advice today from our our first guest on how to nurture that acting bug. Uh, You know our first guest. Come on, stop it. You know our first guest from Diary of a Bad Black Woman. That's one of my favorite movies, by the way. You know our first guest from Meet the Browns, from Medea Goes to Jail, from a Medea Homecoming. And if I might go back even a little bit further, you know our guest from Kurt Franklin and the Family. She was a stone-cold gospel-singing sister long before she entered into the Tyler Perry universe. And today we're going to talk about 
her career, but we're also going to talk about the third season of Assisted Living. I am so pumped and excited to welcome into the pastor's office, Miss Tamala Man. Miss Tamala Man, come on in the pastor's office. <laughs> hey, Pastor Mason, how are you? Afternoon. Good Sunday. Good Sunday. Listen, listen, listen. First of all, I got to ask, did you get your church on this morning, either via via uh, social media, Facebook, YouTube, in person? Did you get some church on this morning? Yes, sir. Got to get it in. Got to get a lot of his time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Well, we are excited to have you in the pastor's office here on Philly's Favor, right here in Philadelphia. But before we get into all of it, do you do you have Woo-hoo. any connections, any stories about Philly? Have do you got anything you can share with us about this city of brotherly love? I love the I love Philadelphia. I mean, we used to come to the um, Mary. Is the Marion? Yes, ma'am. Uh, the Marion Theater. The, yes, I'm telling you, I got I got a whole bunch of, and I even love the stagehands at the Marion Theater. It was just amazing. All the years we spent, we were coming there and stay a couple weeks, and I mean, in the the audience would just come and give us so much love and the support in Philadelphia, and even with my records, you know, I went, since I became an artist, and just the, all the love that the city gives and the people give, I just, I thank y'all so much, and I just thank God for you guys, and it's just been a blessing every time I come to Philly. Well, now, you know Philadelphia is a gospel town. I mean, we love good gospel music here, ain't no doubt about that. <laughs> yes, sir, you sure right. So, so now, first of all, Again, I'm pumped to have you here. I have seen all of your movies. I'm a huge Tyler Perry. Uh, well, I call it the Tyler Perry universe. I'm a huge fan. Diary <laughs> of a Mad Black Woman is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. But how oh, is wow. it? How is it that a sister makes her way from Kurt Franklin and the family to producing some of the greatest movies of all time? Help us understand how you made that transition. Well, you know, uh, first and first and foremost, nothing but the favor of God is what I can only say. And I don't know how it happened, but I just walked through the door that the Lord opened for me. And, uh, and you know, because coming from Kirk Franklin, once that ended with the family, David uh, went and talked to the promoter. And he was like, I got this new up-and-coming writer, Tyler Perry. He said, I think you should go meet him. So David flew Chicago on frequent flyer miles and met with Tyler because look, we, we only had enough for one flight. <laughs> so <laughs> he went and met with him and he was like, you know, my wife and I, we do everything together and we would love to be a part of what you got going. And, and he was all in. He was like, yes. He was like, she doesn't, I'm not so, she's not so much the actress, but she can sing. She's willing to do all the singing you need to be done. And that's kind of how it happened. And the Lord just opened up a door because my part at first, I was just walking on with some plates and a cake. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have no talking lines. <laughs> you know, I wasn't a principal. Right. I was just, you know, I was just an extra pretty much besides the singing. And the Lord just helped me. And something happened where one young man decided to take another show and he was playing the uncle. And so Tyler got the thing. He was like, we had a, like a week or so off. 
in, in between our first starting out this particular show at that time. And he said, David, when you take her home, I'm switching her part. She's going to be Cora, but she's going to be Cora, my daughter, and I need you to help her make her ready. And, and boy, I tell you, we were home, and I was studying his line, the other young man's line, and I was, I was so scared. I was, oh, so nervous. And David was just, you know, because in black theater, the people talk to you on stage. That's right. You know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we just don't sit. They just don't sit there and look. They get involved, especially if it's like one of them scenes and, it, you know, the action is there and it's like a little argument going on. They may say, slap up. That's you right. Know, it, That's it, right. Anything like that. So uh, my thing is, I, David had got me ready for um, the show and my first performance being Cora Cora with Lions was in Detroit. And I'm glad he did what he did because he was making me ready for all that uh, he said was true. The people talking back to me. So I, I didn't get distracted. I did a good job. That's how it all happened. Let me tell you something. Black theater is like the black church. Uh, if if, right. if you are if you are preaching up on the pulpit and the folk ain't talking back to you, uh, you, you might uh -oh. not be hitting the right notes. <laughs> uh oh, uh oh, yes sir, yes sir, Pastor, you show right. But You're but right. but here's here's the thing. You said something just a moment ago. You said David told Tyler that you two do everything together. Now let me let me rewind. You guys met. While you were a part of Kurt Franklin and the family, we met before that. Okay, we met before that, we was already together when we got with Kurt Franklin and the family. Okay, all right. So you all met before Kurt Franklin and the family. Yes, but so I can give you a little another little background, yeah. right? Quick check for you is actually we met uh, through my best friend who went to high school and had a course class with David, Kurt, and our pastor and Darabelle. They had a group together called Humble Heart. So my best friend told me, told them, I got somebody who can ask sing y'all and can sing better than y'all. So she brought me to the school to meet them. So that's how that's okay. how far I've been knowing Kurt Franklin since he was fifteen years old. Wow. We we, we all been friends and kicking it for over forty years. God is awesome. So God, God is, is awesome. awesome. So look, that's, look, that's how that happened. Look at how he opens up the doors. But here's the question I wanted to ask about that, though. You guys really do everything together. You sang together. Too. You act together. What is it mm. like? You know, so, and, 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 you know, I, I've done a lot of marriage counseling, and, 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 and some have been successful, some haven't. But, 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 but some, yeah. some couples are like, look, when I go to work, I need that break from my wife, or I need that break from my husband. Yeah. What's it like I've to go to work with your husband and be with him all the time? Well, for me, Pastor Mason, it has worked out for me because it was my prayer. It was my prayer to God that I would get with someone and be with someone that we did the same thing. I wouldn't have to explain myself, especially since I was loving music and it started with the music part. And when we start talking, it just works for us because we both like a lot of the same things. And, you know, our goal was the same and, you know, pleasing God. You know, not that we've never done everything right, because we haven't. That's right. But it's what I pray for, and God gave me what I asked for in my in my relationship. And it just works for us. Now, some people, I've had from the top of the 
celebs tell me I couldn't do it, ride together, go to work together. <laughs> I want to be in my own car. That's right. I can't. I got to be with her at home. I can't be with her all day. I was like, it works for us. So some people it will, and some people it may not. And, and now you're third. What is it? Thirty four years in. 34 years. To God be the glory, man. Listen, to God be the glory. Listen, some, 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 some young people get married today, and it's, and it's over by the honeymoon. You guys been together for 34 <laughs> years. Please, you got to give some of our young people on Philly's favor. Just to, how do you make it work? You know, I'm in love with him. I still, I like him. I'm in love with him. And, and, and it's, Again, something that I prayed for, and we made a vow in the beginning that we was in it. We was in it. You know, uh, divorce was not an option. That's one thing that we said to each other and agreed upon, and we worked with that. Because, yes, it's been some hard days, some hardships, but we're we, we making it work. Wow. Because we love each other. We first mean we love the Lord. That's right. Our faith is, our, is the base of our relationship. And we want to make the Lord proud, and then we want to make each other feel proud to just walk on and hold each other's hand and each other be on each other's side. So it can work, but I love him. And, you know, we tell each other. Every year that we have a, a anniversary, you know, the other day I was like, well, what is it that I need to work on to better myself to make sure that I'm, you know, pleasing you and vice versa? So it's just not one-sided. We both want it to work. Wow. That, you know what? I need to take this snippet and play it for some of my singles classes so they understand. When you enter into this thing called marriage, it's not temporary. This is not a temporary contract. Marriage is till death do you part. Divorce is not an option. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So you guys entered into this Tyler Perry universe, and you've done so many successful films with him. When you started on this journey, could you visualize where you would end up? No, sir. Not at all. We never would have imagined that these characters would have lived this long. It's been over 20 years with us playing, him playing Madea and us playing Mr. Brown and Cora. And it's just been the favor of God. And even with this, the new show, Assistant Living, has taken legs and just just ran. I mean, uh, we're into season three is what we're here to talk with, what we're talking about. And I, I'm just so grateful to God and that, 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 that it resonates with people and that we're talking about our, as we get older. And I heard you earlier saying that you're turning 50. But the thing is, is once we get older, sometimes after we retire and, and stop doing that main thing that we've done, and that's what happens on assisted living, that people are still trying to figure out what they want to do since they've retired and, and trying to meet those bucket list things of things that we would still love to do. We're, we're not dead, and some people are finding love on the show, and we're talking about things that happen in, in life you know, from day to day because we have some uh, youngsters on the show. And even with the marriage of Naeem and Courtney that plays Leah uh, on the show, it's like just different things that they have to deal with and living in a house with a whole bunch of people. So we're really having a wonderful time doing the show and with Assistant Living that comes on Wednesday nights now. Eastern, 8.30 Central uh, uh, on BET, the third season. 
Yes, and on BET Plus as well. But we are really enjoying doing all of this stuff that we that the Lord has allowed us to do and to be able to bring some joy and, and laughter into the home. We're just having a wonderful time. Listen, listen, I got I to laugh about this. First of all, you're listening to Philly's Favorite 100.7 FM, 99.5 HD3. We are talking with the great, great, great Tamala Mann about the third season of Assisted Living. And I just believe in laughing. I believe if you don't laugh a little bit, you'll cry a lot. You redirected me right back to Assisted Living just a few minutes ago. And, and, that's what I, <laughs> and so I want you to know, I got it. Let's talk about this third season. Are you excited? about this upcoming season? I know you're into it a few weeks now, started in March. Talk to us a little bit about what we can expect. Oh, you can expect, we're, we're hitting like some things about what's going on in, our, in the real world. Like one of the young men face charges and goes to jail and we're talking about police brutality and things like that. And again, for the seniors to find love, because we're not dead just because we're getting older doesn't mean that we're just supposed to just sit in a chair somewhere and 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 get forgotten about you know and it's just you know i just want to encourage people kind of sidebar to if you have loved ones that are in a facility go check on them make sure that you're still showing them love let them know that people love them and have not forgotten about them but that's kind of the things that we talk about on assisted living and that's what you can expect we got the new characters that we've added in on the show. And when I tell you it's going high and higher and you've got some great laughs coming from from all the parts of, of the show. I mean, from the married couple to the old people to the young people, we have something for everybody on Wednesday nights on Assistant Living. Listen, I want you Philly's favorite listeners to tune in to Assisted Living on Wednesdays, uh, 9.30 Eastern, 8.30 Central. I got to tell you, uh, Tamla, I got into Assisted Living during the second season. Uh, did, did, oh. did, didn't know much about it in the first season, but then I had to go back and binge watch the first season. Uh, so, <laughs> so, 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 you know, that's one of the things about this new television. You remember back in the day, uh, you know, I used to love Dallas and Falcon Crest and all of those shows. If yeah, you watch, if, if you, if, listen, if you watched it on Friday and they gave you that cliffhanger, you had to wait till next Friday to pick it up again. But now, all you got to do is get on the couch and you can watch a whole season at one time. And one in one day, if you want to, that's you got right. the time. That's right. That's that right. The, that's the truth, right there. Now, listen, we got to have prayer with somebody who has that much time. Uh, you know, we we have to sit down and counsel them a little bit. But nonetheless, I'm loving the show, and I want to really uh, encourage our listeners. Let's go support David and Tamala, man. Let's go support this Tyler Perry production. Bet every Wednesday, nine thirty East, eight thirty. Central, Miss Tamala Man, I'm just pickled to have you in the pastor's office today. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much. And for the listeners as well, I have a new project out called Entitled Overcomer. So please download it, stream it, tell somebody about it. It's, it. It'll be such an encouragement to you that we all can overcome. We're all talking about something that we're trying to overcome in this life. That's right. So that's what we're talking about. That's we're talking right. about it. But thank you so much for having me, Pastor. Thank y'all so much. I got, look, there's something else for me to do in a few minutes. So y'all know I'm always working. <laughs> that's all right. Okay, <laughs> and, and before we go, I just got to say this. Cara. <laughs> <laughs> 
Miss Tamala Matt, Philly's favorite, 100.7, 99.5 HD3. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Philly's favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office. And let me again thank Miss Tamala Mann for joining us in our first segment. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to her. And uh, certainly we want to ask you to support Assisted Living, uh, support her new release, Overcomers, download it, stream it. Let's give her that Philadelphia support uh, for all that she's done for us. Listen, let me let me say something to you. I've been a parent now for 15 years. Uh, it is and has been the greatest experience of my life. Sometimes I, I sit back and I wonder, uh, think about my parents and, and knowing the stresses and stressors uh, uh, of parenthood, of, of being head of household, of being responsible uh, for my two young men, I oftentimes wonder how they did it. I really wonder how they did it. And then also, uh, compassion comes over me because I, I remember sometimes when I'd say something to mom and she'd bite my head off. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, I just, I just wanted some cream dried beef. That's all, mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but I didn't know what mom was going through. You know, dad, you know, I come from a household where my dad paid every bill in the house. My mom didn't pay any bills. The only thing my mom did was she bought the groceries for the house. But my dad paid every bill. Even our extracurriculars, my dad paid it all. How did he do that? And I'm going to tell you where it really hit me. I was sitting in front. I was sitting with my guidance counselor. And we were looking at colleges and you know, you have to turn in all of your financial aid papers. And, and I, I went to school out here in, uh, in Abington, Pennsylvania. So fairly affluent area. And, and I had my parents' tax forms. And I looked at that number on the front page of the tax form for total income. And it blew my mind. And I'm embarrassed to say this. I said to the guys, I know my dad's not reporting all of his income. Can't be possible. But he was. And some way, somehow, through it all, with the income that I saw on that paper, he raised three children, paid off a house, paid off cars, helped with college, and we're all doing well. Sometimes I just pray that I could be half the dad that my dad was, half the half the parent that my mother and my father were. And one thing I can tell you is that when I go around my kids, I really attempt to display nothing that would ever cause them concern or angst. I try my best. I really do. Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going on, but, but mental health is real, man. And parents go through a lot on a daily basis to raise their children. And I saw this book that, that just came out. The authors are Marcy Chapman and Lindsay Croce. It's called Sometimes Mommy is Anxious. 
And, and it's a little book about big feelings. It's about the anxiety that mommies face and, and, and how to relate that anxiety uh, uh, and, and what mommy's going through through the lenses of their children. Let me welcome them into the pastor's office. They can talk about it better than me. Marcy, Lindsay, come on in the pastor's office. Let's have a conversation about this. How are you today? Hi. Thank you for having us. How are you? It is my pleasure to bring you on to talk about this very important topic. I read the book. It's a fast read. We're going to give our listeners all the information on how they can get the book. But, But first and foremost, tell me what spawned you to write this book. So, uh, Marcy here. Um, Lindsay and I have been friends for a while now because our husbands actually grew up together. They've been best friends since they were about five. So Lindsay and I have uh, had a really uh, close relationship for a while, and I really started suffering from anxiety um, after I had children. And I know Lindsay has suffered since she was a teenager. Uh, So she was always kind of my go-to when I was having a bad day. And one day last year, I was having an awful day, and I just, you know, couldn't get it together. And I called her, and, and, you know, I leaned on her for support, and she said, come over. Let's have the kids play, and we can hang out, and, you know, you'll feel better. And our little boys, who are only four months apart, kept getting books and running up to us, uh, running up to me and wanting me to read the books to them. And so I kept reading the books, and mind you, I'm, I'm crying again. I'm having a rough day. And Lindsay said, wouldn't it be nice if there was a book out there that we could read to the kids about why mommy's feeling this way? And we looked online, and we couldn't find anything. And it, it just kind of started from there. And we decided, I mean, not like we don't have enough going on in our lives as moms who work, but then we decided to write a book. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and, and I love it because it, it, it kind of takes you through various scenarios that could cause anxiety uh and, and and but yet on the opposite page of the anxiety is but mommy still loves you talk to us yep. about how important it is to reinforce to the children to our children that no matter what we're going through we still love you yeah that was that was quite frankly the most important part to us that we want to you know, our children just to really know they were loved even when mommy was struggling and having one of those days, because we know that can be frightening for them where, or, you know, that can upset them when a mommy might just be laying on the couch or really disassociating herself and being on her phone. Um, You know, that can be worrisome through the eyes of a child. So that's why we felt that it was really important that every page just ended. It's okay. Mommy loves you. And really, we just wanted to help destigmatize, you know, the mental health, um, you know, how everybody's persona on mental health. It's, it's something that, you know, needs to be spoken about. And if we're speaking about it at, uh, when our children are younger and, you know, they know that it's okay to not be okay, we think, you know, hopefully 15, 20 years from now, <laughs> you know, it won't be as big of a deal and it won't, you know, have this horrible stigma upon it so you know and the response has just been overwhelming i can imagine i can imagine because it certainly does fill a hole uh that we you know that we need and 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 i always say this from the pulpit i say it on my show mental health is real 
It、mm-hmm. is real, and we have to protect it and care for it at all costs. And, and listen, Lindsay, I, I'm sure you can agree. Parenting is not easy. And there are days, there, there, listen, there are days sometimes where we just want to disconnect from parenting. Am I right or wrong?、Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. So, so talk, to me, talk to me about how you pull it back together at those times where, you know what, maybe you want to disconnect. Maybe you don't want to be bothered. How do you pull it back together? Well, I know me personally. I mean, we try to showcase in the book. Um, on every different page, we showed the mother and child or children,、um, the mother、uh, showcasing anxiety in different ways because anxiety can present itself in different ways through every, everyone. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person that when I get anxious, I want to scrub and clean. And then I know at least I'm getting something done and I feel accomplished. You know, Lindsay's kind of the one where maybe she wants to close her eyes or she wants to disassociate. But I think the thing that gets us through it is leaning on others for help, whether that be, you know, a best friend, a spouse, a loved one, a family member,、uh, talking, talking about it. Just like Lindsay said, destigmatizing it. There's, there's no need that it, it can't be talked about or you can't, you know, just have a bad day sometimes. I mean, we, I, we had a reading where I did, we did a book reading at Brooklawn School,、um, Alice Costello. And this little girl,、uh, it, it really touched me. Her name was Emma. She raised her hand at the end of the reading and, you know, she said something about、um, a broken bone. And she says it's like an invisible cast talking about mental illness. And I said, that is the, the sweetest thing I've ever heard from like a little nine year old. You know, that like, even if you can't see it, if someone has a broken bone or a broken arm, what's going to happen? Everyone's going to walk up to them and ask them how they are and if they're okay and if they can sign their cast. But if you are suffering mentally, unless you talk about it, no one's going to know. And so I just thought it was really sweet how she just said that it was kind of like an invisible cast. But, you know, talking about it with loved ones and seeking help, if ultimately that, you know, you need to, is the, is the best thing that you could do for yourself and your family. You know, just really how to come out of those, you know, those spells where, and you know what? And really taking, I say this a lot of times with mothers.、Um, I think sometimes, you know, going food shopping or taking a shower is not mommy time. If you are fortunate enough to get that mommy time and actually get yourself, you know, <laughs> out of the house, you should really take advantage of it.、Mm-hmm. Because I think sometimes mothers are like, oh, well, I went food shopping by myself and that was time. And that's really not, you know, self care is really important, you know, if you are able to do that for yourself. You、yeah. know what? Two, two things I want to pull out of, of, of the answer you just gave. One is the importance of having a village. Yes. The village is all important when dealing with anxiety. Give, give us a little more context around that. Well, we even have a page in the book where it's a mother and she has two children and she's a, she appears pregnant. And she is, it seems like she's having one of those days. And what does she do? She calls her parents That's、right. so the grandparents can come over and play with the kids. I know I'm fortunate enough that my, my in laws, my mother in law, my father in law, They're angels. They help at any moment possible. I have Lindsay and, you know, her husband, Ramo. I have other friends. And it, it, it genuinely, it, I know it's a little cliche, but it does take a village. You cannot do it on your own. You shouldn't have to do it on your own. 
And leaning, leaning on other people for help doesn't mean that you're failing. It just means that sometimes you need a little extra help. That's right. That's right. That's right. And then here, and, and I'll share a quick story as I lead into my next point. Uh, I remember uh, back in 2008, uh, I was working, I work, I've always worked in radio. I always worked in media, but I always worked on the sales side. Uh, and I was sales manager for one of the really major stations in New York City. And um, I, I got fired. I got fired from a job. First time in my life I ever been fired from a job. And, and, and my son was less than two years old. Uh, just bought this house, you know, car, new wife. Uh, marriage was only like a year and a half old. And, and here I have to come home knowing that my income source was gone. Mm. And, and I'll tell you, I'll never forget this. I came home and, and for about a period of, gosh, about a week, two weeks, you know, I left the house every day acting like I was going to work. That that's not that's that's not a movie. That's not a television. Real talk. I left the house every day acting like I was still employed. And I just remember one night I got the I took the dog out and I walked across the street to the park and I just broke down. Yeah. I just started crying. And I, because I'm I, I was faced with the inevitability of having to take care of this family without what I thought was a permanent revenue source, a permanent income source. And and I went back home with tears in my eyes. What's the point I'm making? When it's family and when it's real, it's okay not to be okay. Yes. Talk to us about Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Talk to us about that because so many people hold it up inside. And then when you hold it up inside so long, it's like a tea kettle uh, or, or a pressure cooker. Eventually you explode. Talk to us about why it's important. It's okay not to be okay. I think really, you know, like I said uh, earlier, the more we talk about it, you know, I, I just hope that our children won't have that guilt to not feel okay, that I know I, I work my way through it, but sometimes, you know, I, I you have to practice what you preach, if that makes, you know, any sense. I I really try my hardest to, you know, just know, okay, I, I need a minute. I need it, it, and it's fine if I have a little, you know, episode. And I think also, um, you know, you can lean on even strangers. I, I found that, you know, if I'm like, I need to get out of this house, and I just go to the park and I see other moms there interacting with their children and you kind of how, you know, see how kids can act up and things along those lines. You're, you're kind of, that almost even makes you feel <laughs> better. Right. And right. gosh, is this, you know, what I'm going through is so normal. It's, it's all okay. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're listening to Philly's Favor 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3. We are talking to the authors of Sometimes Mommy is Anxious, a little book about big feelings. Uh, Marcy Chapman and Lindsay Croce. Listen, I am I'm just thankful that you put pen to paper and created this book. I really want to encourage our Philly's favorite listeners to order this book, get it, read it, share it with your children. Do me a favor on the tail end of this interview. Just share with us how they can get the book. 
So you can order the book um, through our publisher, AuthorHouse.com. Um, it's also available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and Walmart.com. All right, listen, you heard it. You know where you can get it. And these are first-time authors. These are not doctors who have written 30 books. These are not psychologists who are going on. These are two moms who've lived this, who are Just going two moms through with anxiety. it. That's yeah. right. So I want you to go and support them. Get this book now. Sometimes Mommy is Anxious. Ladies, thank you so much for coming in the pastor's well, office you. today. Thank you for so having grateful. us. Thank you so much. I live in Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah.